Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Hey, uh, check, 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 check. I don't hear myself. Hello. Testing, one, two, three. There we go. I pressed the wrong button. Uh, hello. And don't you feel glad that you, you, if you're listening to this show, that you're not afraid of the mob, that you know what's happening in our society is stupid and weird, that our founding fathers never intended for any of this to be happening, and you understand it all. I feel so blessed to be in a position to have Everything that happened to me in my life, when it happened, how it happened, I am just so absolutely pleased that at this moment, right now, I can, in some small way, speak out against this woke insanity, the corruption of uh, people as powerful as President Biden, so many, for whatever reason, because of what's happened to them, the lives they've led, where they are, they can't, they won't. It is safer. Some might argue, actually, I think it's pretty dangerous to join a mob. Then you're guilty of a mob does. A lot of folks just keeping their heads down right now, hoping the mob doesn't notice them. And uh, why not join them rather than have them come after you? Um, No, that's not how we roll. I do notice, and this is, uh, gosh, I just, it really boggles my mind when I hear people How do they like to say it, even though I hate this phrase, who look like me? Who looks like me? Well, there's one guy who looks like me in my life, my father and another guy, actually, Jeff from Dynasty in the 1980s. They said I look like that guy and he looked like me. But now look likes mean uh, anybody of the same race. Yeah, they look like you look like somebody who looks like me. I get such inspiration from someone who looks like me. When the hell did that ever happen? How did that become a thing? It's code for race, of course, and there is a ludicrous, horrible conversation going on about race to avoid a serious, consequential one. There is also, quite frankly, a perverted conversation about sexuality happening here that too many are just trying to sidestep, go with the flow. They don't want any trouble. They don't want their bottom line messed with. Now, you've heard of Disney opposing to the – what is that thing called again? The parental rights bill in Florida. It is a totally reasonable bill Sit down. It'll take you six minutes tops to read the damn thing. No sex education, identity education for kindergarten through third grade. Yeah, I think that's fair. There should be a law against that, right? There should be a law against teaching uh, the option of sex change operations. You got your hands full. I mean, kindergarten, do you even know how to use the toilet totally? I mean, do you? Are you totally an expert in that? No. You got – they're just far more basic things – uh, to take care of. Now, I, I, I know about Disney and the games they've been playing on this and the catch-up. 
uh, you know, the, the why Disney is in the news so much, some of the employees there, some, not all, there are like 100,000 people who work at Disney and a couple of, I don't know, a few hundred loudmouths have hijacked this conversation. They are upset that the CEO of Disney did not uh, come out against the bill early when some other companies did. Did you know about these other companies who are weighing in on your children or your grandchildren or whatever it is? When they should be receiving sex education, they think it should be happening uh, very early on, I guess. Let's see here. What other companies? It's not just uh, it's not just Disney. Disney was late to the game. Let's see here. We've got uh, Starbucks. Okay, woke company. I kind of saw that coming, I guess. Nordstrom, the semi-high-end department store. What the hell do they care about this stuff? Stay out of it. Pinterest, whatever that is. Um, Target, Mattel. Lululemon, don't they make yoga pants? Sony Interactive Entertainment, Deutsche Bank, Hyatt Hotels, Yahoo, Shutterstock, and it goes on and on. There are there are somewhere between 50 and 150 companies that have signed on with this stuff. And why do they sign on? Hmm. Why do they sign on? For the most part, some of these senior executives, most of them are actually white. And they want to maintain their power, and they know the woke mob is coming for them, looking at their jobs. Huh? Not enough diversity around here. That's part of it. The rest, I don't entirely understand. I do know that people are intimidated by those sometimes who aren't like them. And those, this whole privilege argument has really kind of sunk in, and a lot of people buy it, and they have to atone for all their privilege. It is a great big fantasy. Hey, who's got privilege right now at MSNBC? Did you hear about this? This is Tiffany Cross. Now, Tiffany is about uh, as she's an anchor on the weekend, and she's about as big a bigot as as you'll ever see. Um, She lectured everybody on Saturday. I did this on my show last night. Remember the Will Smith slap thing? Of course. Who could forget? Right. Uh, Smith and Chris Rock. Only certain people can talk about it. And you know who those people are? People of color. Black people, actually. This is a family thing. This is a this is a black thing, she's saying. Now, Chris Rock has been household famous since, what, 1997? Will Smith since 1999? Actually, earlier. When did that silly Fresh Prince show come out? 1993, I think. These guys are iconic, household name famous. And we're allowed to talk about them no matter what's going on. And the whole country is talking about it, but they took such umbrage on MSNBC that white folk, white folk would have something to say about this. Now, when you hear this conversation, this isn't cable access television. This isn't some weird, uh, what's that website called? The Root? The Root is one of those really horrible racist websites out there uh, that no one will call out because, well, the racists are primarily people of color. So they're very bashful in calling them out. You know who's really bashful about calling people out? The New York Times. Ho, 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 ho. They tiptoe through the tulips on all of these issues because you remember that Karen thing? They're, they're afraid, especially the women, of being labeled a Karen. All right. I got to get back to Tiffany Cross, though. What did she do here? Uh, let's start things off with cut 49, please. What we saw in this incident, even though, you know, it happened in front of everybody, it was about how black people relate to each other. So it's hard to explain to a white person what the difference is between an open handed slap 
and is because they just consider it all violent. Yeah, I just have no idea, being a white man that I am in my ignorance, I have no idea how – I cannot comprehend the difference between a slap and a punch. Can you? And did you hear the the, the anchor? That was Tiffany. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Right on. So uh, there's more of this stuff. <laughs> it just went on and on and on like this. MSNBC, again, it's not some weirdo, wacko website. Well, it's weirdo, wacko cable channel. It's not supposed to be, though. It's Comcast. Comcast is like a borderline multinational corporation. Uh, Rockefeller Center. It says Comcast at the top of the building, which is wrong, by the way. It should say RCA. You know what I mean? That's the. It's still the RCA building in my book. Just like the MetLife building on Park Ave. That's still the Pan Am building, actually. And by the way, it looks like a dirty air filter, that building. It's a beautiful building, but man, oh, man, it needs to be sandblasted or something. It does. It looks like a dirty air filter. Uh, speaking of, uh, cut 50, please. I am from right. East Cleveland. I would like to say that I've seen harder slaps at family spades tournaments than what happened on that stage. That's why a lot of black people were not greatly affected by it. I had a feeling. I had a hunch it was going to play out this way, you know? That the elites would try to say the whites see this one way and blacks see it another way. I had a feeling. Now, I don't think that's actually true. That's being portrayed that way on TV. Now, we have seen that before in history. Remember the O.J. Simpson verdict? And they had the cameras at those uh, big viewing parties for the verdict. And, uh, well, I mean, let's, uh, let's just say it. White people were sad and black people were happy. And there, there were celebrations and then there was mourning. I don't think that's happening here, but the elites really want it to be happening here. That was some actress. Now, let's see. I think we got the the star of the show herself, Tiffany Cross, is going to put it all together for us white folk. Go ahead. Cut 51. I'll try to put this in context for, um, you know, our, our, our white fellow countrymen as best I can. Thanks. And really, truly, uh, black America, there is a commonality amongst us all. Hmm. And if we went to a white person's home and it was their family dinner and we were sitting there at the table and the mother hauled off and slapped the father and everybody at that table has an opinion. You know, the sister is like, Mom, you always do this. And the brother is like, I can't believe you guys are doing this. And dad is like, you're terrible. If I weigh in as the guest in this home and I say, yeah, you guys are terrible. Everybody's like, I'm sorry. When did you? get an opinion this is our family exactly. table that's what this moment felt like for many of us and there's a nuance to what happened a nuance to what happened well what is that it's a black thing she's saying it's a black thing white folk no you can't say anything by the way if you come over to my house and my mother should hit my father you can criticize all you want no matter what race you are that would never happen but i mean obviously that would be jaw dropping stuff and we don't <laughs> just this is um the psychotic stupid silly conversation about race that we're having in part because we let it be hijacked by the far left white people on the far left black people on the far left asian people on the far left latinx whatever the hell that is on the far left all that stuff the far left, because basically conservative people, normal people, conservative people, well, you can be normal and not conservative, but most conservatives are normal, um, are too busy, you know, getting through the day, making money, providing, you know, just don't have all the time to listen to these podcasts and just, you know, flip out. It's just don't. That's not what we do. So we don't talk about race. We don't talk about gender. We don't talk about these issues all that much. And therefore, when we do, and sometimes it can be problematic because they're more fluent in their hatred than we are, okay? 
They're more fluent in these matters. Now, because they are they are designing the actual rules of the conversation. And they are full of hate. We are not. But when it comes to matters of race, you got to be at least conversant in it because they will run circles around you. They, that's all they that's all these folks on MSNBC do. And, and what does Levin call it? MSDNC. All right. Let's see here. Do I have one more? She said the let's wrap it up with Tiffany, shall we? Uh, oh, this is probably the worst. Cut 52. I think it is utterly ridiculous to center this conversation in the opinions of white folks. Um, this is just about what happened there. The jumping off point should not be, oh, but what might the white people think about it? It's just this moment between those two men. Um, <laughs> what do you say, huh? She's getting mild, mild pushback on this. Mild, but pretty mild because... She's one of the most powerful figures in the world right now, a woman of color under the age of 40. Be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Yeah, turn that music off, whatever the hell it is. I do not like it. What was that? Wait, oh, that was that Nas X guy? It sounded like something from uh, 70 years ago. Let me hear it again. That's so this wait, hold on. This is Naz X. He was at the Grammys groping himself the other night. Let me hear this. Sounds like he's just kind of talking, not Alright, so this guy is Lil Naz X. Alright, that's enough. I'm not it sounds like everything else I've heard on Z one hundred for the past five years. I mean, who cares? Um so Lil Nas uh, was groping himself. I mean, like, you know, just I, I, I what's the di- I thought about this. What's the difference between Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson used to. First of all, Michael Jackson's a genius. I loved all of his music, love all of his music. Um, I think my favorite might be Off the Wall, that whole album, um, even more than Thriller. But anyway. So he would thrust his whole pelvis, kind of like Elvis Presley did, but he wouldn't grab, excuse me, his penis and like, you know, make a shape. The guy was simulating an act of masturbation on network television. All right. Everybody could see it. It was right there and it was inappropriate. And I let Naz know it was inappropriate. What did I say? I said, uh, keep it in your pants. Well, I guess he already had it in his pants. He was just doing something very strange and I didn't like it and I needed to be talked about. Uh, let's see here. What did I say? Going back, Nor O'Donnell. Here I am on Will Smith, uh, The Swamp, Mango Smoothies, Liz Cheney, uh, My Watch, uh, some weird reporter, some TV. Jeez, I really shoot my mouth off a lot on this thing. Where the hell is this? Um, mm, Lil Nas. How old is Lil Nas? He's like 22. He's from Atlanta. His real name is Monte- Montanero, like a Mitsubishi Montanero. That's what he was named after, a Mitsubishi car. Um, Okay. So apparently he's really good at memes. And this is not my world, I admit it. I'm not a rap guy. I don't know what the hell's going on there. But uh, I used to. I used to. uh, I used. Who did I used to like? Um, Run DMC there. All right, those guys. But this stuff is kind of crazy. so I said, uh, this is Lil Nas. I got a picture of him from the Grammys. He's grabbing his, um, yeah, 
Lil Nas has a big problem, and so does America. Knock yourself out, Nas. You're a little fool with zero talent. And um, I put it out there, and I kind of forgot about it. And then all of a sudden, about 9 o'clock last night, my phone is its always making noises, but a, a few more noises than normal. And I'm like, what's going on? And uh, there it was. Nas was upset with me. Actually, not that bad. What did he say here? Oh, shoot. I'm sorry about this, folks. Nas said, uh, uh, damn, Greg, all I did was wear a tank top. Uh, what's your problem? No, 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 no. I All I did was wear a crop top. Uh, anyway, all of his fans, he's got 10 million fans. They start going nuts. Damn, Greg, all I did was wear a crop top this time. Smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. And he's he retweeted me. So then... His 7 million fans start going crazy, cyberbullying me, saying that, oh, Greg, you're just gay. Go face it. You're gay. You're straight. You're, you don't know anything because you're straight. You don't know anything because you're gay. You don't know anything because you're closeted gay. You don't know anything because you're outwardly bi. You don't know anything because you're closeted bi. Then it was back to being straight. All these guys, like, what the hell? Number one, it's irrelevant, although I happen to be straight, but uh, whatever. Um so I, I I couldn't just leave it like that, right? I couldn't go consult my PR team and say, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, no, I'm being cyberbullied. I just three minutes later, hey, it's not about the shirt, Naz. It was about your public lewdness. You know, there are laws about that in certain jurisdictions. But then again, you were in Vegas, so who the hell knows? See how I'm dialing down the temperature in my own way, right? There's always an art to this thing. Bottom line, sing and dance. But no public self-groping. Decency. Be decent, Naz. And then they go crazy on that for a few minutes. Um, (laughs) It's kind of fun. And you got to get used to this because um, it's, it's almost like being in the middle of a storm, literally in the eye of a storm. You can see the storm. But you're not going to have to go through the storm. It's going to imagine being in the eye of a storm. But the storm will not ultimately come for you. It's going to dissipate. So you can remain calm in the storm, and it will dissipate, just like this did. Now, I'm going to say something nice about Naz. I don't like his performance, and it was inappropriate for TV. Now, he called me out in a kind of a gentle way. You know what I mean? He was, uh, hey, what's the problem, Greg? I'm only wearing a shirt. You know, like he could have said a lot of things. He could have done all kinds of things. He could have turned it up a notch. He was being, I think, playful. He was, you know, eh, I called him out, so he's calling me out. He's got a hell of a lot more followers, so he knows he can unleash an army on me, but I've got some pretty devout followers myself. Sometimes you only need a few hundred people to beat 10,000, right? Right? Peloponnesian Wars, anybody? So where do things stand right now? Uh, I sent him a message, and then I right away put it up on Twitter, all right? So I I had to evaluate it, and I will say this. Even when I put the message out, I called him a fool, and I said he had no talent. And after I put it out there, I was like, wow, that's pretty strong, even for you, Greg. I mean, that's a kind of a – so, look, he's at the Grammys. Obviously, he has talent, right? I mean, there is a – well, let me hear it one more time. Let me hear this music. Um. Well, you got, you got it. All right, whenever you get to it. Um, so I told him, "Is this really you, Naz?" Yes, I didn't like your performance. That shouldn't have been on primetime television. But I can't deny that you have real talent, and it's not nice to call anyone a fool. 
You called me out in a good-natured way. I appreciate that. Best of luck, continued success. Just maybe tone it down a notch or two on network television. Fair enough. I think that was handled very, very gentlemanly by me and to some degree by Naz, although I haven't heard from him since. Um, you want to you know, pump up the volume one more time. You can't tell me nothing and he wants a Porsche. Very bland and, and, and low energy. Tractor? What the hell is... How can you follow these words? And whatever his situation is. Anyway, I'll leave it at that, Naz. I'll see you later. Uh, oh, when we come back, uh, Joe Biden is in very serious trouble. Uh, it really could be happening this time. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. You really want to start getting some stuff done in your life? You really want to move the needle on your life? Uh, mm, Dare I suggest a couple of what they like to call life hacks. Number one. Stop watching Netflix, all right? I know the show is so good. I know Amazon TV is so good. Oh, my. Have you seen this episode? Have you seen Walking Bad, Walking Dead, Walking Man, Walking Bad, Wife, Good Person, whatever the hell these shows are? There are too many to keep up on. It doesn't. It's all good. I know what it's like to fall in love with the show. I also know what it's like to waste eight hours. I know what it's like to blow an entire weekend watching some stupid show. They're not sitting around watching you go about your life as you fall behind. And if you're not advancing, I do think there is a danger of falling behind. In some area of our lives, we must be advancing. So uh, I realized I have not watched a Netflix show in a very long time. I think I watch one every two years, maybe. Um, Something else I don't do, and I know this is going to put some people off, especially you over there, my friend Mike, but – who the hell has time to sit around watching a bunch of dudes play sports? Okay? Sitting around and watching those guys, watching Tom Brady. You know, I'm sorry, Tom. Congratulations on all your success. I'd like to get a little success for myself. There's too much work to do for us to sit around on our rear ends watching these guys really cause great harm to each other, by the way. Uh, they are... Sometimes I resent the athletes for how much money they're making. Sometimes I resent the owners because I actually feel that some of them are exploiting these athletes. Uh, how how long does it the average NFL career last? Like three years? Not very. It's not as lucrative for some of them as it probably should be. Anyway, I think it's a whole big scam. It's a waste of time. The worst thing in the world is when I actually have to go to a football game. It goes on forever. Um, you know, I just, I just, after about five minutes and I have no situational awareness. If you really want to know what's going on, television is the best place to go. Anyway, I think it's a, I think it's a big bust. It's, it's, it's not worth it. And the other thing I, and, and how about, why are we watching those guys get in shape as we, I never understood this at a Super Bowl party, especially you're eating the crummy food, you know, chips, burgers, those, all that junk. And, we're kind of slowly damaging ourselves as these guys, you know, state-of-the-art uh, technology, nutrition, uh, at the very top of their game, hopefully. And um, 
I I don't want to be that way. How about you guys? All right. So, hey, very quickly uh, on Joe Biden, the grand jury, and they are asking questions about the big guy. The Hunter Biden laptop is real. We know it. The New York Times has even acknowledged it. We knew it in the fall of 2020. Why was that story stifled? Why did they cover it up? Because a laptop helped beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. Do you remember that? Remember the laptop? Anthony Weiner's laptop that was found, right? Remember all that stuff? Hillary Clinton still thinks that that revelation very late in the campaign sunk her candidacy. She would have won had it not been for that laptop. Uh, She may be right. Actually, I think she was going to lose anyway, but she thinks, and look, it was a pivotal thing, and it was a big story. The mainstream media could not let another laptop become a big deal. You can look it up, by the way. There are so many reporters, New York Times reporters, they've been guilt. They feel so guilty about how tough they were on Hillary in 2015, 2016. They feel guilty. And they've been apologizing for it by being tough on Trump and giving a great big fat wet kiss to Democrats. Although Joe Biden, I think uh, I think they're all ready to move on from you. Get ready for the Cuomo treatment. Uh, there's everybody knows that you can't help them anymore. They have used you. You've used them. And now it's over. I think things are going to change very fast, very, very fast. I am going to predict right now that Joe Biden will not be president on January 20. Well, let's say the day before inauguration day, January 19th of 2025. I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but Joe will not be in power. Uh, he will not be in power. That I am totally, totally convinced of. Uh, he's either going to get indicted. He's going to have to resign. He's going to uh, health reasons. Uh, but we can't go on like this. And, oh, here's a guy who probably may not even make it to the weekend. His chief of staff, Ron Klain. You probably have never heard of this guy. Hey, it's interesting that those who fight for Democrats on issues of election, uh, concerns about a fair election, they get glorified. Ron Klain was played in an HBO movie by Kevin Spacey. The hero of the movie was Ron Klain, portrayed by Kevin Spacey before we found out about his uh, problems. And that is about as cool as you can get in Hollywood, being portrayed by Kevin Spacey, Ron Klain. What about Republicans who have concerns about election integrity? We're the villains. We are the deplorables. We're scoundrels. Worse, we're traitors. We're insurrectionists. What a joke, by the way. I hope you're watching the Newsmax show because every night, just about, I highlight four things that they haven't even Bother to try to get questions answered. The little cop waving throngs of people onto Capitol Hill. The half dozen cops who stand on either side of the hallway as the protesters enter. Ashley Babbitt being shot. Other cops in arm and in, in, in riot gear just standing there doing absolutely nothing. That's why January 6th happened. And we need to know more. Do me a favor. Let me go to uh, Maria in Short Hills just for a moment. Hi, Maria. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. I just have a short observation. You notice that Biden very rarely, with few exceptions, travels outside of Wilmington, Delaware. 
this past weekend, he was in Delaware, of course, dedicating a submarine. Well, after he spoke, which was incoherent, the announcer said to everyone, please take your seats until after the president and his entourage leaves. Know what Joe did? He sat down. The wife, or should I say Dr. Jill, <laughs> had to grab his hand and lead him off the stage. I was looking at this, and I said to myself, dear God, could you imagine if that was Melania and not Jill, and she had to take President Trump's hand and lead him off the stage? It would be front-page news. They would be saying the president lost his mind. You're damn right. You are damn yeah. right. The other thing I saw that was curious, I did not see anything you just talked about, and I believe you, though. I only saw one image of Joe kneeling on the submarine. Did you see that? Yes, I did. So, all right, so everybody's standing for a picture, but Joe is kneeling. Uh, people were wondering what the hell was he doing on his knees. Even Jill is standing up next to him. Uh, what did you make of that? What, what was that all about? I feel very sorry for him. I real it's like <clears throat> it's like elder abuse. Doesn't she realize her husband is not mentally fit? I mean, are they so hey, power hey, hungry? Hey, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Don't feel sorry for this guy. He is a liar. He has absolutely no respect for us. So I want to this is a moment in May of 2020. He's basically secured the Republican nomination. Now Stephanopoulos for a moment and he has no integrity either. He's only asking him this because the nomination contest is over. It's okay to ask Joe. It's a lull. There's a lull. Do you remember uh, Biden and Obama? They cooked up that scheme to get General Flynn. You remember that? That happened on January. Ruined his life. Yes, ruined on, his life. on January fifth of 2017. Obama, Susan Rice, Joe Biden, uh, Jim Comey, Peter Strzok. Uh, they're all in the Oval Office together, trying to figure out a way to get um, Michael Flynn. So this comes up. We know this from Peter Strzok's notes. So Biden is asked about this. All right. Listen carefully to what he says. Cut 33, please. Cut 33. So what did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn? And was there anything improper done? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn. All right. He knows nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn. Uh, Now cut 34. I thought you asked me. I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware that there was that, there, that they asked for an investigation, but that's all I know about it. He's aware that there was an investigation, but that's all he knows about it. Cut thirty three again, please. So, what did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn? And was there anything improper done? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn. Um, and 10 seconds later, cut 34. I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware that there was, that there, that they asked for an investigation, but that's all I know it's about such it. a son of a liar. And we have from Peter Strzok's notes, Vice President Biden says out loud, maybe we can get him on the Logan Act. Now, the Logan Act is this obscure law from the 18th century. It says that only certain, only government officials can conduct foreign policy. It becomes obviously ridiculous when you have the incoming national security advisor. He's supposed to talk to world leaders. He's supposed to talk to his counterparts in Russia, like Ambassador Kislyak. They set him up. 
Joe Biden set him up. He is a liar. So don't feel sorry for this guy. And look, he's led a corrupt life and he's going down. Maria, I thank you. He's going down. Um, wait, there's another thing here. And uh, oh, Ron Klain is the is the well, are we done with that? I think we may be done with that. I I just it's kind of sweet. And there's this an email emerged this morning uh, from Ron Klain to Hunter Biden trying to <laughs> he's asking Ron Klain, who is the chief of staff to Joe Biden right now, is asking for money from Hunter Biden back in 2012. Yes, he is. This is fishy. This is bad PR. It looks bad. Even what's his name? Ron Klain says as much. This is what Ron Klain sounds like, by the way. You see how easily the lies come to Joe? How easily do the lies come to his assistance? Cut 31, please. I've never heard the president uh, say that uh, uh, advocate the prosecution of any person. Uh, Look, uh, one reason why Joe Biden got elected was he promised that we take the decision over who got prosecuted and what away from the White House and put it in the Justice Department. Only Richard Nixon and Donald Trump in the modern era believed that prosecution decisions should be made in the Oval Office, not at the Justice Department. So a couple of things there. He's trying to sound righteous. He's trying to sound because it's actually okay for a president to make that decision. It is. But they want the unelected bureaucracy to make that decision. I understand in the swamp, in the swamp, that's supposed to sound righteous. But they didn't live up to that righteous rhetoric, as I just described. Joe Biden, Barack Obama openly discussed um, a prosecution, the investigation of Michael Flynn in the Oval Office. And then Susan Rice gets back to her office, writes writes herself the most bizarre cover-your-ass email anyone has ever seen. Uh, so this is going to get very, very interesting. And, um, well, if you were reading the New York Post a long time ago, you're not surprised. Hey, don't forget, there are so many witnesses to this stuff. We have the laptop. We also have Tony Bobolinsky. Tony Bobolinsky is a living, breathing, successful businessman, United States Navy veteran person, and he has a story to tell. He's been quiet for the past year and a half, but he talked to the New York Post, I believe. He talked to, uh, well, he talked to the world's media just before the second debate. Cut 36, please. I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At, approxim- a, at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. Huh? Huh? Uh... And there's more. There's more. 10% for the big guy. This is very, very bad. Hey, I want to go to Tom real quick in Brooklyn. Hello, Tom. Hey, um, Greg. So I got a couple of things, and then I got a bone to pick with you. If you don't mind. Wait a second. Just get to the bone, all right? All right. Get to the bone. All right. So you're an, you was an officer in the Marine Corps, right? Um, yes. You know, so you lived in the uh, on ship for X amount of months, you know. Oh, you're saying officer, you're one of these guys, you think the officers had it easy, right? Were you in the military? Oh, yeah, like, you know, of course. And so you, think, living with, um, you think the officers had it easy in the military, right? Yes. All right. So All right. Is, 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 that, is that the bone you had to think with me? I mean, what, 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 what of it? Yeah, I, so I outranked you. I mean, you didn't like me because I outranked you. I mean, what's the problem? What's the problem? Other than being an officer. Or, uh, you complained that, that it was rough, but you had it made. I'm just. I, you know, I had to make you really. You know. You know exactly what I went through in the military. You do. 
You know everything that I went through and everything I experienced. You were there with me when I flew over Iraq. You were there with me on the desert floor after I ejected. Uh, you were there with me um, on the ship, which you seem to think is uh, some sort of joyride. You were there with me every step of the way. Look, pal, we all did our part, okay? Some had it rougher than others. I happen to know about seven guys who died flying these jets. How many? Think about that. Other than 9-11, can you imagine a profession where you work and dying in a plane crash is a distinct possibility? So, you know, a bone to pick with me. You got a bone to pick with me. How would you like, how would you design the military? You mean just like no rank? Everybody's the same rank? Sorry, somebody's got to be the boss. I was on the list of grunt, so I'm just messing with you, you know, just driving you a little bit. <laughs> no, much respect. You know, I have some great officers, too. So, but, you and know, listen, you everybody, everybody, uh, everybody, everybody, you know, nobody has it easy. Nobody has it easy. Uh, I'll tell you what, Ed, where'd you go through boot camp? Uh-oh, did I insult him too much? Ed, are you there? Oh, man, now I feel bad. Ed, what happened? Something happened to his phone. Do you have me? Uh, Is this Tom? I want Ed. Put Ed back on the phone. Ed, is that you? No, I'm Ed. Are you the guy I was just talking to about the the military? No, I had a different point. Oh, you sounded different. Well, try Bill on the first line. Is is this the guy? Hey, was I just talking to you about the military? No, I'm not. No, shoot. All right, hold on a second. Now, where is this guy? Ah, all right. He won. He picked his bone with me. That's fine. I noticed that Hollywood is always picking on officers. They always pick on officers because most of the creative types were enlisted. Anyway, hey, uh, dude, we're brothers. All right, brothers in arms. And uh, every time somebody says they have a bone to pick with me, I, I I grab my bazooka. Just pick the bone. Don't announce that you're going to pick the bone next time. I got to take a quick break. I'll be right back. You're listening to the Greg Kelly Show. All right, I warned you guys about Eric Adams. Uh, Let's see here. He's uh, going where he shouldn't be going. Uh, Oh, of course, he's got to weigh in on the the law in Florida, the parental rights bill. Eric doesn't read it, um, can't be bothered, too many parties to go to, but he will shoot his mouth off about it. Uh, Let's see here. Cut 26. The mayor of this city, the city of the LGBTQ plus uh, community, as we see uh, people in government and out of government understanding how your voice is respected here uh, in the city. And that's what this movement of Don't Say Gay is about. Uh, this uh, political uh, showmanship of attempting to demonize a particular group or community is unacceptable. And we are going to loudly uh, show our support and say to those who are living in Florida, listen, we want you here in New York. You know, we want you right here in New York City. I'm sorry, but he doesn't sound he doesn't sound like a mayor. He just he just just sounds like he's running the prison commissary. There's just something about him that doesn't uh, he's not mayoral. Cut 27. It's also standing up and aligning ourselves uh, with the men and women of the LGBTQ plus community and stating that we are in unison with you and your right uh, to uh, have uh, self-identification, your right to be uh, live the lifestyle and live. Uh, did he say we are in unison with you? Yes, he did. I don't know what that is. 
Um, uh, I, he hasn't read the bill. He's talking. About, and by the way, I'd like to know what plus means. I don't know. I have a feeling Eric doesn't know. Uh, and let's just see. I like that mother who confronted Eric Adams. She said enough with this mass situation. She was terrific. Uh, let's see. Cut 29. Three weeks ago, you told parents to trust you, that you would unmask our toddlers. Ten days ago, you stood right here and you said that the, the masks would come off on April 4th. That has not happened. You reneged on your promise. And not only did you renege on your promise, you had your lawyers race to court on Friday night to overturn a state court. Yes, no, 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 no. Let her, let her finish because you let us start. Go ahead and finish, ma'am, okay? Come to a conclusion and turn on your phone so you can get my answer correctly. But come to a conclusion. Okay, how are you back there? March 17th that you would trust me, I will unask your toddlers. You had your lawyers race to court on Friday night, arguing that there would be irreparable harm if children under five were allowed to take off their masks today along with their older siblings in school. So my questions are, what is the irreparable harm to children aged two to four taking off their masks, just as they do in Long Island, just as they do in Westchester. When will you, and when will you unmask our toddlers? Yeah, good for her. She happens to be a lawyer, and she happens to work for the city, and when they found that out, they fired her right away for speaking out to the mayor. Can you imagine that? We have one screwed-up system. Alexander Vindman, remember him? Colonel Vindman works at the White House, testified on Capitol Hill at the impeachment of Donald Trump, worked at the White House for a year after that, and uh, this lady loses her job right away. Uh, Cut 30, please. Yes, cut 30. As I stated, as you indicated, I made the announcement that we were looking to announce today, which is Monday, to uh, take the mask off to two to four years old. But I also stated, if we see an uptick, we will come back and make the announcement of what we're going to do. We're going to pivot and shift as COVID is pivot and shifting. There's a new variant. The numbers are increasing. We're going to move at the right pace. And that's the role I must do. That's what I stated. I'm living up to my promises. If I have to pivot and shift and have other adults do something different, I'm going to do so. I'm going to continue to do so. I answered your question. If you want to follow up, we can do a follow up. But I answered your question. That's he sounds like uh, a father talking to his children, like three year old children. You know, that's how we're going to do it. And uh, that's uh, what the plan I'm going to do. It just uh, he's not up for this. He doesn't know anything. You got to remember that about him. He knows how to wear a suit. He knows how to wear a tie. He knows how to smile big, but he has no administrative ability. His political instincts actually stink. Well, what are you talking about? He became mayor through a weird fluke backdoor joke of a system. Rank choice voting. If anybody can explain that to me, please call in. Please, please, please. No one can explain it to me. It's unexplainable. It's inexplicable. Unexplainable, inexplicable. Nobody understands it. It is a great big scam. There is the music. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Wow, Obama is back at the White House, and I think he thinks he's president again. He's been talking for 20 minutes. He won't shut up. Let me listen for a moment. Today, the Biden-Harris administration is going even further by moving to fix a glitch in the regulations that will lower premiums for nearly one million people who need it. All right, thanks and a lot. To- he's just moving his hands a lot. He's just, um, he's really into himself. 
And here's something else as I watch him. He's so not a leader. Not a leader. Just does not have it. What did we ever see in this guy, huh? He conned us. He conned us. He did. The first post-racial president. Remember all that stuff he was going to do? Remember how he could speak? He could go where other people couldn't. As a black man, he could talk about things like um, black fathers being AWOL, MIA. Every community has it, but nowhere worse than in the African-American community. And what does that lead to, he said? It leads to lower graduation rates, higher incarceration rates, higher illiteracy rates. And we've got to fix that. We've got to have an honest conversation about that. I'm like, wow, wow. But guess what? The left didn't like it. Uh, Jesse Jackson didn't like it. And Obama's always had to confront something. There's always a, kind of a, a secret about Obama that was whispered sometimes in Chicago and elsewhere. He's not black enough. Eh, I can't trust this guy. He's just not black enough. I can't. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't get us. And Obama's very sensitive to that. He wrote about this. I'm not making this up. It's in his freaking books. He's written seven about him. Definitely actually pick them up. They are. I mean, there are other things to do in life than learn about this guy. But he does put it out there. The resentment for white people comes across loud and clear. His choice to go all in with the radical left, that's quite clear. And he did. And who benefited? Nobody really but him. Him. He's going to be a billionaire if he isn't already. Why? What skill does he have? He can read a teleprompter? Chuck Scarborough can read a prompter better than this guy. Why is he a billionaire? I love Chuck Scarborough, by the way. That's no slam on Chuck. Chuck's been around for a long time, and not only can he read it, he, he writes this stuff. He's a very good broadcaster. But I'm just saying that as far as teleprompter readers, um, you know, that's not something that they make you a billionaire over. So what is it about him? It's really, I don't know. I don't know. But he's got his, and he doesn't care really about anybody else. The... Um, and the overall, gosh, he looks like a professor. He has the demeanor of a professor. To lead, sometimes you got to get red in the face. Sometimes you got to sweat it out. Leadership isn't always pretty. You know, to move mountains, you gotta, you gotta grunt, you gotta yell, you gotta scream, you gotta corral. This guy was going home at six thirty at night, six thirty at night to be with the girls, Malia and Sasha. Now, in one respect, that's nice. We just talked about how fathers have to be there. But in another respect, that's awfully selfish. He spent two years in the United States Senate. This guy was no master of the Senate. He was a, an apprentice. He was a neophyte. And to get stuff done, you got to stay up late. You got to have drinks with the Republicans you don't like. You got to muscle them. You got to use them. You got to flatter them. You got to threaten them. You got to do all that stuff. But he was above it all. He was above it, and he just wanted to look cool. I'll give him that. He looks cool. Oh, now it's Joe's turn to speak, and I see Barack's looking at him, kind of like a, ooh, oh, my God. Joe, Barack Obama has his nose stuck up in the air as he's looking at Joe. All right. 
is Joe, Joe probably really is trying to he's trying to impress Barack. Can I just hear a moment of it? Let me just hear a little bit. The Affordable Care Act has been called a lot of things, but Obamacare is the most fitting. <laughs> Obamacare. Huh? True. True. Swear to God. True story. I can tell you all how much y'all. Barack Obama cared about getting this done. All right. I don't even have to see the audience, and I can't see the audience. To know it's a... It is a primarily African-American audience because this y'all thing, <laughs> I just, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that's used around audiences when they look a certain way, especially when Joe Biden starts saying y'all. Wow. Uh, is there anything else to say about that? I'll keep an eye on it. Uh, there he is again. Oh, boy, this is awkward for, uh, this is awkward for everybody involved. Now he's talking right to Obama. Just let me hear that part. Dignity. Dignity. The idea that when you can't afford health insurance for your children, for your spouse, male or female, it doesn't matter. Not only are they in trouble, but you're deprived of your dignity. Dignity, damn it! Barack, you talked about the idea that it was important that we make sure that you couldn't outrun your insurance. I can remember there with, with Bo. Thinking of myself. Oh, stop. What Enough with I Bo. Do? I, I don't want to know. I don't. I, I'm sorry. No more. No more. No more. No more. Hey, by the way, uh, uh, Obamacare was very expensive. Is very expensive. It's incredible. The Prince crazy expensive. But folks can't afford it. The Affordable Care Act. My foot. It's also way too complicated. It is a mess. And that whole thing about you, you, you'll always, you won't lose your doctor. They lied every step of the way. And that's why I am more excited than ever about uh, you-know-who coming back. Hey, I do want to play this moment. When Donald Trump does come back, as I think he will, he has to remember who he was at that first, uh, I'm sorry, the last debate in 2016. Who remembers this moment? Cut 40. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. (laughs) Now, that was great. It was a great line, but the only problem is he gets elected and then Mr. Nice Guy kicks in. Now, I love Trump. I love his style. I love his policies. I think he's a great guy. But he's got a small weakness, and people don't realize this. He's not a ruthless fella. He's got a great big soft spot. And um, they asked him on 60 Minutes, okay, so you're going to go after Hillary? What's the deal? You promised to do so. Cut 41. You called a crooked Hillary, said you wanted to get in jail. Your people in your audiences kept saying, lock him up. Yeah. Well, she I, do did, you she did put some it, bad things. I mean, she I did know, some bad things. I know, but a special prosecutor? You I don't want to might... hurt them. I don't want to hurt them. They're, they're good people. I don't want to hurt them. I don't know about the good people part, and I'm sorry. In politics, no mercy. No mercy. Now, they did all kinds of shenanigans, and they are very, to say the least, investigatable. Look at you. You've done nothing. They impeached you three times. Is it three? 
Russia gay, all of this nonsense. No mercy on you. This is politics. I'm sorry. You got to hit back. And you know what else he's got to do? He's got to hire better. He's got to actually hire outside the swamp. There are only so many people who do this stuff. Politics. You know what I mean? There are only too many, so many people who do it full time. Now, back during like World War II, the 50s, sometimes they took people, you know, prominent citizens and gave them big jobs. People who had never, you know, who Secretary of Defense McNamara. I don't think he had ever been in government. He was the head of the Ford Motor Company, but they made him Secretary of Defense. Now, granted, he was a numerical kind of psychopath, but uh, but he ran the Defense Department. You can get guys not from the swamp to do these big jobs. Now, I suppose he tried that with Rex Tillerson, and that blew up big time. He's got to vet these people more carefully, and he can't rely. You see, there are only so many people around who do this kind of stuff. Chris Christie. I saw Chris Christie the other day boasting about, you know, for seven years of my life, I was a prosecutor. It's such a phony baloney line. He was given a political patronage job. He's not a career prosecutor. It's like taking some guy and then making him in charge of the FBI. He doesn't know the FBI. And then he's like, yeah, I'm in the FBI. Easy there, tough guy. Tough guy. Um, All right, let's go to Carmine really quick in New Rochelle. Hi, Carmine. Good afternoon. Greg, uh, one thing they seem to gloss over with President Obama, I'll never forget seeing a show on PBS about his grandmother and his grandfather who raised him. White grandmother, white grandfather. Yeah, the Dunhams, I think, right? The Dunhams in Kansas. And and they loved him. They guided him. And then uh, during the show, what surprised me was they showed a photo of his mother and that I remember, Greg, she was very pretty, but she was maybe the whitest woman I've ever seen, like porcelain skin. But you never seem to hear about this. I heard it once on PBS, but then it was kind of discounted, and they say he was the first black president. He wasn't. I wish they would tell the whole story about his growing up, because it really is a nice story. And for his loving grandparents to do what they did, I would like to, them to get more credit for that. I really would. Well, I I know the picture you're talking about, and it's a beautiful picture, actually. He's with his granddad and his grandmother, and he's happy, and you got to hand it to Obama. He's a very telegenic guy, you know, big smile. But as I talked about a few minutes ago, uh, he kind of, I believe— wants to de-emphasize his whiteness. That's been a political liability for him as of late. It was a political liability for him when he ran for Congress in the year 2000. He got beat. Word in the community was he's not really black. He's, you know, went to these fancy colleges. He doesn't understand us. We can't trust this guy. And then it worked for him when he ran in 2008. And then it didn't work for him on re-election. He decided to go all in. So, yeah, and he struggles with this stuff. He 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 struggles with that silly book. What was it called? Dreams of My Father. And he talks about you know he doesn't know who he is and his identity and all that stuff. It's uh, but now he he doesn't want to talk about it because he doesn't want to um, emphasize the white side of the family. I think it's as simple as that. It's kind of sad in a way. I don't care. I just thought that he could have done. So much more for young black men in America rather than show up at silly basketball photo ops 
Hey, here I am. Look at me. I'm cool. This guy did not roll up his sleeves and really, really work with young black men. He didn't. It was all photo ops, if that. Lip service. He actually said, he said it out loud in the 2004 convention when everybody fell in love with him. He said that um, we have to eradicate the slur that a black young child with a book is acting white. We have to eradicate that myth. Well, did you know that was a myth? I didn't know that was a myth. And if that was a myth in 2000, that's not that long ago. That's a big problem. And he didn't do nearly enough. He didn't do anything, actually. Didn't do anything. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, thanks for uh, bringing that up. I got to take a quick break. I'll be right back. Hey, who likes Oreo cookies? Oreos. Oreos. Quite frankly, uh, I ate them because they were... Whoa, what the hell was that? I ate them because they were around. You know? Uh, when I was growing up, cookies um, were pretty ordinary. They had Chips Ahoy. That was like the big cookie. And then they had Oreos. And I, even as a kid, I noticed these are awfully dry. And I know about the milk routine. I was never really into that. So... The game changed when Entenmann's came out with that moist cookie. Remember the chocolate chip cookie that was moist? You could bend it and scrunch it and put it into a ball. That was a, that was a big thing. And then they all became kind of mushy. But Oreos are still uh, – uh, uh, it tastes like driveway gravel, actually. And so they've gone out to uh, – what, what, why do I bring up Oreos? Well, Oreos is one of the wokest companies in the world, Nabisco, like every other corporation – and they want a virtue signal left and right and come out against this bill and pro this and pro. Now they made a, a rainbow cookie. So this is a real thing. Now, you're not going to be able to understand it because I think it's in – I'm sorry. It's in a foreign language. I don't know what it is. And they're talking about – it's an Oreo commercial. It is an Oreo commercial. But you see no Oreos until the last five seconds. They just show an Oreo in the shape of a gay rainbow. LGBTQ Oreo, right? And the whole thing is a son who wants to come out as gay talking to his mother, who already knows he's gay, but they're freaked out because the grandparents are on their way over, and they're going to find out. Can I hear a little bit of this, please? All right, now stop it for a second. It goes on like that. I have a feeling that's Korean, but I'm not sure. Um, so he's uh, talking about his past and his identity. And I know this because the subtitles, right? There are subtitles. Let me see what he's actually saying here. He's saying all this stuff about being uh, straight and are they going to accept him? And it's for Oreo cookie! Oreos! Oreos are asexual. They're not gay cookies. They're not straight cookies. They're just bloody, stupid, bad-for-you, slightly delicious cookies. Are they insane? Why? And this is not some sort of weird, offbeat thing. This is Nabisco, everybody. The National Baking Company. I think that's what it actually originally stood for. Nabisco. What does some Korean kid coming out to his grandmother have to do with cookies? What does anybody coming out to their grandmother? And by the way, not for nothing, the grandmother already knew. 
I'm looking at the kid. I can tell. I've got pretty good gaydar. That's a thing. People can tell. You want to hear a story about... Uh, can I hear a regular Oreo commercial? This is what it's supposed to be. Is there anything wrong with pushing Oreos like this the good old-fashioned way? Cut 54? Oh, 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 bright ideas and an Oreo cookie. It's a bright idea to dunk it, crunch it, or unscrew it, or to lick it, or to trick it. But no matter what you do, it's true. It's fun to munch a creamy, crunchy chocolate. Yeah! O-R-E-O. Thank you. Unfortunately, that commercial is uh, 17 years old. Uh, actually, it's older than that. It's 1989. You've got to go to the TV archives. Now, what is it? This kid in a gloomy, dark apartment so we can have a better life. Uh, here, do me a favor. Roll it again. I'm actually brushing up on my Korean. I want to hear this one more time from the top. All right. One, two, three, go. Amendosha. We all have we all have one family, he says. I know you came halfway around the world, so we can have a better life. And he's still in a really bleak apartment. But I am. Uh, yeah, it's boring. He's nervous. Now his mother shows up. But just say it. I I love you. I think he's reading a note from his mother. And then the mother shows up and they're looking at each other. And now she loves him, right? I. I. I think I, you're ready. I think you're ready. She said it in English. Ding dong. Here come the grandparents. Oh, I saw an Oreo. The kid grabbed an Oreo. There was one Oreo. You ready, Are you ready? Uh-oh. Kid is really freaked out about the grandparents coming over. I'm telling you, grandparents know about these things. They already know. He's fixing his hair. Oh, and here comes another poignant note from his mother. Uh, they may be my parents, but you are my son. So beautiful. Hey, not for nothing, the kid is wearing a dirty shirt for the grandparents' reunion. And here they come in, and he's about to... Shock the world of the grandparents. I don't think so. Spill the beans. All right. Now he. That's it. Coming out doesn't just happen once, it says. And then there's Oreos. Oreo. Be a lifelong ally. In collaboration with PFLAG. What's PFLAG? Wow. What about the old Oreo cookie commercial, please? One more time. Is there anything wrong with that? Oh, 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 bright 
ideas and an Oreo. Yeah. It's a bright idea to dunk it, crunch it, or unscrew it. So obviously, I don't know why they would have to do that. In the old days, like as in 20 minutes ago, any company would try to avoid issues of sexuality. Again, an Oreo is asexual, right? Gay people love them. Straight people love them. Although, quite frankly, I don't know anymore. Yeah, I don't know anymore. Your ad has turned me off to the whole thing. And it was unnecessary because I am convinced the grandparents already knew. And they're very caring and good like that. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, you guys in Pennsylvania, uh, if you're voting in the Republican primary, which is late next month for the United States Senate, uh, I'm watching that race very, very carefully. I am crazy about Dr. Oz. I think he's a fantastic guy, great physician, and has so much to give this country and, of course, Pennsylvania. Uh, I hope he wins that race. I really do. This Dave McCormick guy uh, is a swamp cat. How do you... How do you go from hedge fund to the U.S. Senate? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't like those. I mean, some of those hedge fund guys, they're very philanthropic and they can, um, you know, they raise a lot of money for good causes. But some of them are real snakes. And this McCormick is one of them. Getting those jobs, shipping them to China. Uh, I've seen some commercials. I've seen some data that indicate this guy is uh, right up there with Hunter Biden in terms of entanglements with with China, and you don't want to have an office holder who's entangled, and that's what we have with Joe Biden right now. Now, yeah, he, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but uh, Joe, your chickens are coming home to roost. Now, Joe Biden was vice president for how long? Two terms. Uh, that's uh, eight years, right? Eight years. I guess the question I would like to know is how many prosecutors around the world did you personally lobby for their termination? I know you did in Ukraine, and I know you wanted the guy fired who was investigating Burisma. His name was Shokin. And you got on the phone and you badgered President Poroshenko, Zelensky's predecessor, and pushed and cajoled him to fire Shokin. Why did you do that? Why? All that time in office, and only this one, where Hunter is working for Burisma. And the prosecutor who you want fired? is investigating Burisma. I mean, why the hell else are they paying for Hunter Biden $83,000 a month? It's for moments like this for you to pick up the phone and call Poroshenko. But guess what? Poroshenko had your number. Oh, yeah. And he recorded the phone call. He recorded it. Right there, that's evidence of corruption. But this is uh, this takes the cake. Let me see here. This is uh, cut thirty-seven. This is in two thousand twelve. Go ahead and run the tape, please. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the he doing something wrong. I especially asked him. No, it was the day before yesterday. I especially ask him to resign. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. <laughs> it goes on and on and on. I can play the whole thing. Uh, I've played, but that's the essence of it right there. Why did he do that? And Poroshenko. 
Good for him, recording the phone call. And he says right there, I have nothing uh, against this guy. He did nothing wrong, but we are firing him as a favor to you. Well, Greg, the entire interagency uh, was uh, in the European Union was calling for Poroshenko's uh, termination of Shokin, the federal pro- Well, who was in a position to influence the interagency and the European Union? Who better to influence the whole process than the vice president? You know, the boss gets what they want, right? I mean, what fun is it being the boss if you can't get what you want, all right? The boss get, and they can make that interagency do whatever they want it to do. The interagency, well, this is a democracy. Joe Biden was elected. This is something he wanted done, and the interagency came up with the pretext to get rid of this. And now we are living, and you know what? Even worse, the Ukrainians are living with the consequences. This would not be happening. Think about that. I don't think I've ever really thought about that until now. Yeah, I understand this war wouldn't be happening if Donald Trump were still there. But what does that mean? That means people would be alive if Donald Trump were still in office. That means there wouldn't be these atrocities, these war crimes, these massacres. This is the legacy that the mainstream media, blood on their hands. Chris Wallace, Kristen Welker, Chuck Todd, George Stephanopoulos, David Muir. The New York Times trying to turn off that debate, literally shutting it down just as it was getting good. Uh, here's uh, let's see here. Um, do I have that? No, no, no. Yeah, cut forty-two. Listen to this. Nobody. Hey, President Trump, I want to stay hell. on the issue Excuse of race. Me. We're Take talking about the, the issue. From hell. President Trump, we're, we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. Now, what issue do you think helped Joe Biden more, race or the laptop, right? <laughs> he didn't want to talk about the laptop. He desperately wanted to talk about race. Uh, and now, now, now that he's safely in office, it's a year and a half later, and that the government has said it's okay to ask these questions. Since when does a journal, does journalist wait around telling, waiting for the government to say what's okay for them to report? That same snake reporter, Kirsten Welker, is now quoting herself. She actually did ask a question, but listen to how she asked the question. It is the lamest question. Talk about no teeth. Talk about getting a check in the block. You see, I asked him about corruption. Cut 44. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Inappropriate or unethical. Try illegal. Try illegal. And they all looked away. Including this guy, by the way. Cut 46, please. CNN. We got to come up with. I don't think CNN is going to actually last. The brand CNN. They're going to have to get rid of it. It is so damaged. It is so tarnished. It can't last. I think the new guys, and they have new people in charge, will rearrange the letters somehow, NNC, NCN, what else could it stand for? Cable News Network is rather generic. Uh, cut 46. Hey, I'm Brian Selter, live in New York, and this is Reliable Sources, where we examine the story behind the story, and we figure out what's really reliable. What's really reliable. This son of a bitch, I'm sorry. This guy bent over back. There's a, it's a show about, about journalism. And somehow he has found a way to not talk about the Hunter laptop and the phony 
labeling of it as misinformation, disinformation from Russia. CNN, gosh, it used to be, it really was the gold standard. Hey, there's a guy named Bernard Kalb. He's still alive. He's 100 years old. I like this guy. I remember that show about 30 or so years ago. And conservatives liked it. Liberals liked it because it was hosted by a guy like this who wasn't afraid to uh, pursue the truth and be critical of media, all media. Cut 47. Welcome to a CNN special. I'm Bernard Kalb. Reliable sources is what this program is called, and the title tells it all. Yeah. Uh, what's reliable? What's not? Who's good in the media? Who's bad? Now the way they do it, you know who's bad. Uh, conservative media. Uh, Newsmax, Fox, uh, Breitbart, uh, all bad. And everybody else is good. Everybody else is. It's kind of astonishing just how lazy so many people are. Oh, I do have to play this, though. The chickens are coming home to roost. You wouldn't have seen this a year ago. Cut 45 uh, questions to the acting press secretary, who I think is going to be the permanent press secretary, Kate Bedingfield. Cut 45. As you know, I don't speak for Hunter Biden, so there's not more I can say on that. Uh, is it your understanding it's the president's view that as he looks at all of Hunter Biden's business dealings with his uncle, that uh, neither Hunter Biden nor James Biden committed any crimes or did anything that was unlawful? So I don't have anything further to add from this podium. We addressed this uh, with The Washington Post. We pointed to statements uh, that were made in the fall of 2020 when we addressed these questions, and I don't have anything additional to add from this podium. Can I ask you if there have been, if you're aware, if there have been any discussions here inside this White House about whether the president might use his pardon or commutation power with respect to either his son or his brother? That's not a hypothetical I'm going to entertain. I don't have anything to add from this podium. I know Hunter Biden is not a government employee. You don't speak for him. Has the president read these reports? Do you guys take them to him when the inquiries come in? And what has been his reaction? I don't have anything additional to add on this from the podium, but thank you. From the podium. They're all about that podium. Oh, the podium, the White House podium, the 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 podium. And those those reporters finally feeling their oats a year and a half later. Way to back up the New York Post. They just stood by while that great newspaper was censored and silenced. Over the weekend, I saw Chuck Todd saying that sometimes you have to censor. Sometimes you must censor. It's You can censor for a good cause, right? Does that make sense? You can censor when you have to. Let me see here. Where was that? You can censor. Cut 59, if you don't mind. Does the general public know what Trump's been doing? No. That's <laughs> and and, that's and should they? And I sit here and it's like, this is a reminder. Anytime you, you, you censor, even for the right reasons, do you get the unintended consequence? <laughs> when you censor, even for the right reasons, they try to shut down Trump. What they're saying is his message seems to be getting through better than ever. Chris in Westchester, hello. Uh, yeah. Hi, Greg. Um, <clears throat> By the way, uh, Oreos, I agree that they are <clears throat> dry, but if you leave them out, they get soggy and they taste a little better than more chewy. Okay. But what I wanted to say is uh, that uh, you referred to Obama before, how he spoke out uh, the truth about <clears throat> the black <clears throat> fathers. And there's and then the, uh, the Democrats, the left, straightened him out. Uh, that also happened to Cory Booker. When Corey uh, got to speak to Obama and he said something about the Obama's uh, uh, take on financial matters uh, nauseated him. And I think uh, 
minutes they gave Cory Booker a talking to, and uh, and then uh, he became uh, you know show the the Democrat to the Democrat to see. It's kind of wild. Yeah, uh, I don't remember the nauseated comment, but I will. You make me. I'm reminded that Cory Booker. It's weird. He he went from up and comer to has been like overnight. Remember when he ran for president? Nobody cared. It's like, I don't know. It's uh, he's he hung around too long. All that promise and um, and nothing really came of it again. I. Look, he's a nice guy. I've met him once or twice, but uh, like all these people, they're just, especially when they're, when they get into it as young as he was. Look, he's not a man of substance. All right. He's running around. There have been three books about him, two movies, uh, you know, digging people out of uh, driveways during snowstorms. It was all a great big show. And that's my frustration with him. Uh, I got to look at that up. Anything else, man? No, no, not today. All right, Chris. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, that guy. Good speaker, though, but it's easy. That's that's the easy part. It's really hard to get stuff done. I don't think any. You know, is Donald Trump the most mellifluous? What's that word? Malif, mal, is he? He's very. It's a powerful speaker, but he's not particularly smooth. And you don't have to be to get things done. Diane is on the phone. She's in Long Island. Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I listen to your show every day and enjoy it. And I just wanted to add that uh, the reason I think they picked the Oreo for the cookie is it is vegan. Uh, what? What's going on? Oreo cookies are vegan. Chippehoys aren't. Um, so, uh, that makes it more gay friendly. Well, I'm not going to say necessarily more gay friendly, but you know, person who's vegan, it doesn't eat animals, doesn't kill people, is kinder and softer. And I just think it all goes together. Nobody knows that about Oreos. They've never advertised that. Did they? Oh, Oh, well you do, but the, the special flavors are not vegan. But the original Oreos are, and I just think that they're playing into veganism. If you watch the kids' shows, it's on there. It's all over the place. Well, I'm no vegan, and I'm not going to become a vegan. I tried it once, and I found myself gaining weight like crazy. There's a lot of stuff you can eat when you're a vegan. Uh, That's interesting. Maybe so. But Nabisco, they got all kinds of other products, right? Including my favorite, Triscuits. And I have a hard time finding the rye version of Triscuits. Diane, what do you do? I'm curious. I do in-home sales, so I'm out on the road a lot. It, what do you sell? Can you say? Uh, flooring. Flooring. Yeah. Do, do you sell kitchen ceramic tile? Yeah. You do? Do they ever show yeah. up? Have you ever gotten a batch of tile that were broken? Oh, we would never bring that to somebody's house. <laughs> no, but it was delivered to you from the distributor. Have you ever found a bunch of like, kitchen ceramic tile that were broken? Uh, I I have it done through our warehouse, but you'd send them back. All right. You got it all figured out. Diane, I appreciate it so much. Interesting about the Oreo being vegan, and I think you're onto something. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, how do you get ahead these days in the office? How do you actually get ahead? How do you get noticed? 
talking in a regular corporate environment. You know, you all have the same job. How do you get noticed? Do you do your job better than anybody else? Is that how you get noticed? Do you beat all the deadlines and sales quotas? Is that how you get noticed? Do you look prettier than other people? Is that how you get noticed? I think those days may be gone. Uh, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, how are you going to get noticed? Do you um, – I don't know. I I don't think anybody knows because we're not totally back at work yet. Uh, people don't say it out loud, but people are freaked out about um, – me too. What are the long-term ramifications of that? I think a lot of the Me Too stuff was obviously over the top and ridiculous. But some things probably had to change. Hey, BLM, a lot of that stuff was over the top and ridiculous, obviously. But maybe a few things needed to change. I didn't think we had to rearrange society and delegitimize police and say our court system is inherently systematically racist. That's not true. But maybe we could have done a little, a few things differently. I mean, the whether it's casting in a movie or commercials or whatever, I, I can see some of that. But it's totally crazy over the top. Now, Ivanka Trump is meeting with the January 6th committee today. Ay, ay, ay. Why are they hassling that person? She wasn't there. She was at a rally five miles away. Leave her alone. They continue to harass this family. And the message is to anybody not of the swamp, do not come here. Do not try to change it. We will destroy you. Thank God we had Trump, who quite frankly is in a way undestroyable. Guy's amazing. We'll never have anybody like this again. Oh, and that reminds me, there was a guy named John Gibbs. He's running for Congress in Michigan, and he was on my show last night, and he said this about Trump. Trump introduced him at the rally, uh, and there was just it, – it, it stayed with me what he said. He was thanking Donald Trump, who's endorsed him. He's running against Congressman Meyer, Meijer, who is a Republican who voted for the impeachment, by the way, uh, the last one. Cut 61. This is uh, John Gibbs for Congress, who was a brilliant student at Stanford and Harvard. He went to Stanford. He went to Harvard. He's a brilliant guy. He was a great student. John Gibbs, who, by the way, is running against one of the 10 impeachers. John Gibbs, a brave man, a great man, a brilliant student. Come on up. Is that it? We don't have what that guy said. Oh, well, we know what Trump sounds like. I want to hear what John Gibbs sounds like. John Gibbs thanked President Trump for basically redesigning the model of what's possible in politics and how we communicate. And he really did. And early on, I decided, you know what? I'm not going to be one of these guys. It's too easy. Oh, he's, oh I can't believe he said that. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, oh, oh. Just watch the guy, and you can learn a lot. I want to go to, is her name Augustine? Augustine on Long Island. Wow. Welcome. Hello, Hello, Greg. We spoke a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I don't remember. I thought you were a woman, to be honest, but keep going. Uh, All right. They they have the uh, big meeting between the five families. They hug and make the peace. They leave. They're in the backseat of the car. 
Vito says something about, no, you don't have to tell uh, Mazzini. He knows about those things or something like that. And Hagen says, Mazzini, you mean... Tatalia. Yeah. And Godfather says, Tatalia was a pimp. He could have never fought Santino. But I never knew until this day that it was Mazzini all along. Hmm. Yeah, that was very good. Hey, you know where that meeting took place? You know where that meeting took place? I uh, actually, it's in the, um, you know where the Helmsley building is in front of the Pan Am building on Park Avenue? Yeah. It's in a conference room in that building. It's where the New York Railroad or the Pennsylvania Railroad used to be headquartered. I found the actual conference room. I got to put this online. I'll do it tomorrow. It's, uh, I, I went and looked at that conference room today. I'm very proud of this piece. And uh, it's a modern. It's been updated, but it is the very same conference room where they pass around the. Is that where they passed around the gold telephone? No, that was Godfather too. Um, but yes, I found that room, and it's uh, very cool. And uh, thank you, pal. Great memories from a great movie, The Godfather. Uh, let's try one more. We got uh, Joe in New Jersey. Good afternoon, Greg. Um, my theory on Obama, and I'm glad you spoke about Obama today, mm. is that the big guy that they mentioned mm. is not Joe Biden, but it's actually Obama. And mm. I'll tell you why. He made him as vice president because he knew that he could control him and the whole family. And if they got caught, guess what? Nobody would ever get back to Obama. Mm. They would get back to the Bidens. And why is he worth seven hundred? $50 million, like you said, Forbes. Yeah, there's a certain logic. To, no, 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 no. I, 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 it's not Obama. It's Biden. Uh, that's chump change to uh, to uh, Biden. I mean, I'm sorry, to Obama. Obama had all kinds of ways to get money. He didn't have to hang out with Hunter Biden. Believe me, he didn't have to get his hands dirty that way. People just give Obama money. He doesn't have to sweat and scrape and steal for it. He just gets it. That guy's been on easy street for a long time. I appreciate it, Joe, but I uh, I differ with you on this one. Fair enough? Fair enough. All right. We all have our issues. <laughs> <laughs> all right. To be continued, sir, uh, I am going to uh, be leaving you now. I will not be on the Newsmax show tonight. I've got a couple of things to take care of. they got another. They got an interesting plan. There's a cool movie coming out about the election. It's called Rigged. Rigged. R-I-G-G-E-D. And it's debuting tonight at Mar-a-Lago, and I think they're going to have some special footage on Newsmax. All right, everybody, take care. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.